Dungeons and Daddies, not a BDSM podcast, is hitting the road this summer from May 31st through June 14th. We're doing part two of our U.S. live tour. Whoa. I came up with the name for this one. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Areas Tour. Very kind good. of similar. Dungeons you know? and Daddies, the Areas Tour, feet Taylor Swift. We're hitting the road again. Midwest and East Coast dates on sale. Tickets are available now. We're starting up in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to Milwaukee, Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Pelham, Tennessee, Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. Wow. More info on our website, dungeonsanddaddies.com slash live. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Dungeons and Daddies is a rowdy, horny, violent podcast for grown-ups. Basically, all the good stuff. That was a, my dad wrote a porno reference. Um, anyways, content warnings can be found in the episode description. What you're about to hear is part one of a three-part series called At the Mountains of Dadness, which was a stretch goal we did for our Patreon supporters. It's a prequel campaign played in the Call of Cthulhu system set in the year 1939 following the grandparents of Daryl, Henry, Glenn, and Ron. If you want to hear the rest of this series, there's two ways you can do it. The easiest is to become a Patreon supporter at any level, and depending on where you come in, you can get access to a rich backlog of behind-the-scenes content, our post-recording after show called Talking Dad, exclusive one-shots, uncut episodes, DM notes. We put a ton of effort into our Patreon bonuses, and you can support the show and check them out at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddads. If you can't commit to the Patreon, we get it. The other way is to head to our store at dungeonsanddaddies.com or ron.business, where you can find all three parts of At the Mountains of Dadness available for sale as a digital download. Either way, thank you for supporting us with your listenership or following our social media accounts at Dungeons and Dads on Twitter or bit.ly slash Dungeon Dads on Facebook. We're just sharing the podcast with your friends. Thank you all for a wild first year. Happy Honda Days, and we will see you again January 8th, 2020. That's when the next episode is coming out. Chapter 1. Casting Call of Cthulhu. Welcome to At the Mountains of Dadness, a Dungeons & Daddies prequel miniseries where we follow the grandparents of the main dads from the Dungeons & Daddies podcast as you deal with a bunch of Cthulhu-ass bullshit. My name is Anthony Birch and I am your keeper. My name is Freddie Wong. I play not Glenn Close, but in fact... Meryl Streep, a similarly named star, actor, stage and screen of the silent era, falling into a bit of hard times now that talkies have made their way. So sort of like a, a former huge big deal, but as the movies made the transition to sound, has not quite found his foothold in Hollywood as, you know, being uh, of Asian descent has made it a little bit more difficult to find roles, but was once a big deal and still carries himself as such. Based loosely off of a Japanese actor uh, around the turn of the century by the name of Sasui Haikawa, who is also a heartthrob. And Meryl Streep is the grandfather on the mom's side of Glenn Close. Oh, very cool. Yeah. What was the first movie 
that Meryl Streep starred in. Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus, yeah. it, was a, it was a story about a Japanese ad exec trying to get custody of his kid back, fighting the American legal system. <laughs> he's a real underdog in that fucking movie. A huge underdog in this case. My name is Matthew Arnold. I'm playing Robert Wilson, the grandfather of Daryl Wilson on his father's side. And Robert, or Robbie, is, uh, or Rob, is, those are all the various <laughs> <laughs> versions of Robert. Got them all. Don't forget yeah. Bob. And Bob. And Bob. He does not like Bob. <laughs> That's not even a dad fact. That's a free dad fact. Just out there. He hates Bob. He is a cowardly line producer who deep down wishes he was a stuntman because his dad was a war hero, so he wishes he could be as cool as him. And a little dad fact is that he owns three cats. Um, he, he is, by the way, have a steady girlfriend, but despite that, he still also has three cats. That's all. What are the names of the cats? Oh, they are Bob, Robert, and Robbie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's economical storytelling. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea. I'm Will Campos, nah, 1930s mode, and I'm playing Hildy Russet, roving cub reporter for the San Dimas Defender, a.k.a. Sally Stipe, her undercover alias when she's operating as a makeup artist on Blue Planet. So Hildy is the grandmother of Henry Oak on his dad's side, we'll say. And uh, dad, dad fact, grandma fact about Hildy is that her favorite musician is the crooner Louis Prima. Her favorite Louis Prima song, she loves Stardust. She goes absolutely crazy for Long About Midnight. Really the early Prima era when he had Jack Ryan on bass, Garrett McAdams on guitar. Like that was the really quality era of Louis Prima. So that's what she likes. That's what she listens to in her spare time when she's not digging up scoops. Hello, my name is Beth May and I play Stuart, a.k.a. Stud Stampler. Um, Stud is an aspiring actor, dancer, and singer seeking stardom on Broadway, brought to San Dimas by the death of his alcoholic brother, Carl. Now tasked with raising his nephew, Willie, as his own son, Stud has given up his dream for a more practical career, doing construction work. But Stud, always in awe of the silver screen and the adventures it depicts, compromised by working at Father's Own Films, where he could be close to the excitement he so longed for in his showbiz days. So actually, Stud is um, technically Ron Stampler's biological great uncle, but is for all intents and purposes his grandfather on his dad's side. Okay. Fun great uncle fact about Stud Sampler is that he does not have polio. <laughs> <laughs> a rarity in these ages before we begin there's just some stuff that you should probably know to better enjoy what the heck it is we're doing because we're using the call of cthulhu system and not dungeons and dragons first of all thank you to tin bromide tpk thulu and scam likely from our discord for helping me out uh, with prepping this game because i've never dm'd call of cthulhu before and they gave me a lot of help also just keep in mind that there's gonna this is your content warning because it's a horror game there's gonna be some like creepy body horror stuff there's probably gonna be some violence nothing sexual anything if that's something that you're worried about but uh it could get a little rough a little gross like more so than we usually do yeah like uh, okay okay yeah. the library the shit with the library with the hand coming off it's gonna be stuff like in that vein but slightly less funny <laughs> um nice. <laughs> but yeah and also like obviously it's lovecraft and he was a piece of shit so the, the just just so you know the entire idea of this system is, is inherently problematic <laughs> and stupid and we're just gonna kind of like go and just do it anyway uh the idea that you can lose a bunch of sanity and then become a useless society makes no sense at all but Whatever. Okay, so the way that this game works is when you hear our players make rolls, unlike D&D, they don't want to roll high. The idea is that you have high stats on your character sheet, but you roll a D100 and you want to roll under the stat that you were trying to get to. So just so you know, if people get a low roll and then start being happy, that's why. <laughs> or is that we're going insane? Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is insanity. Uh, every character has a certain number of sanity points, and by seeing horrifying things or things that expand beyond the limits of human consciousness, they will lose sanity points. Uh, 
which can lead to temporary madness and all these things. The basic idea is that if they ever lose all of their sanity, they are out of the game. It is the same as being dead. And unlike Dungeon Daddies, currently there are no training wheels on, so any or all of these characters could die. It's a, it's a fucking fair game. And with that, welcome to At the Mountains of Dadness, Chapter 1, Casting Call of Cthulhu. We open and we're in a verdant green field with flora and fauna that seems so unlike our own, the kind that like bends your mind and, and expands your consciousness and a bipedal creature, very much like a human, but far, far taller and more beautiful in a way and yet also more horrifying, approaches a pretty generic looking white dude. So the white guy goes like, oh, wow, tell me about this, this world. What is, what is this? Where am I? Mr. Jacob Sullivan, you're like a baby. You... <laughs> Sorry, uh, this is, can we, this is ridiculous. Cut! The stilts are killing me here. A bunch of uh, crew people walk around and hustling and bustling, and if this were a movie, you'd see a title on the bottom that says, San Dimas, California, 1939. The director comes up to you and goes, what was the problem with that? What was wrong? I've worn all kinds of crazy costumes for my films, but nothing as ridiculous as this. That's, I, I, you, you, look. I've played all manner of beasts and all manner of villains, vampires, monsters, but this, this dreck, this is beneath me. This is ridiculous. This blue makeup all over me. I can't even, my skin, someone, I need, excuse bring me, the makeup excuse in. me. And then uh, plucky 23-year-old Sally Stipe rushes up to the scene with a big bucket of blue paint and dabs a cotton swab in it. I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Merrill, sir, I, I just, you're, you're getting so flush and angry and your blue makeup's running off, so I'm just going to dab this on Do we here. have to do the blue makeup? Is this part of the thing? I don't understand. For the hundredth time, yes, the director says, even though we are shooting in black and white, they will be able to tell, even if they can't really tell, that the aliens are blue. It's going to be great if you would just trust me and stop talking about how you're better than this project. It, it's I find it very insulting. Uh, excuse me, hi, excuse me? Oh my God, what? So Robert Wilson <laughs> uh, walks up He's a, he's a little nervous line producer, kind of hunched over, uh, holding a clipboard. Um, just so you know, that's the last bucket of blue paint I can I can afford. So you know, not I'm not telling you how to do your job, but we should probably. Is this thing good? Are we good to move on? The director throws down his beret and says, "You know what? That's break." And he just storms off. No, the we set. can't break. This bucket of blue paint is not going to get through all hundred extras we have to get through. This is about three people worth of blue paint here. So uh, what do you need? You need to get some water? This isn't can, really. Can, what's your name? Uh, my name is Sally. Um, Stipe. Yeah, that's it. Sally Stipe. That that's my name. Um, and Sally, uh, sure, I'm I'm the, I'm the makeup girl. Listen, Sally, let me cut you a deal here. How about you put that away? Maybe spill it somewhere, and we just do the rest of it because uh, these these idiots here don't know what they're doing. Hey, this is hey, excuse me, excuse me, Sally. Um, I was wondering if we could use some of that blue paint for the set. Uh, my my name's uh, Stuart, aka Stud Stampler. Are we just allowing anybody to come up to talk to the actors at hey, this point? <laughs> hey, I got I got just as much right to be here as you, buddy. I I'm an actor myself, sort oh, of. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, I want to be. Yeah, there I got is. dreams, buddy. Uh -huh. uh, Stud, Stud, is that your name? Yeah. Nice to meet you. Slip me five here. My name's Robbie. You can call me Robbie. Hey, Robbie. As he says, slip me five, he holds out his hand for a handshake because that's the slang for give me a handshake. Hey, um, what set are you talking about? Um, well, uh, there's not a set right now, but I'm a I'm a good builder. I'm a construction worker. Meryl's at the uh, craft services table in the background, just like olives and um, saltines. You call this craft services? What is this malarkey? Yeah, you see that craft services table? I built that. I built that with my bare hands. As you're all talking amongst yourselves, you hear the telltale tromp of boots that signals the arrival of the studio head of Father's Own Studio, which is the film studio they work at. 
and uh, the, the familiar- father's own studio. Father's own studio. <laughs> you see the familiar and uh, constantly furrowed brow of R.L. Stein's S-T-E-I-N um, yes. <laughs> walking onto set. And he goes, stop production, stop production. This is, this is, what, what, are you guys still playing your stupid make-believe games? Thank goodness, finally, someone who's going to take us out of this two-bit production and get me into Shut up. I was going to say something racist, but no, we're not doing that. <laughs> it's going to be very tempting for characters to be racist in this, but no, we shouldn't do that. All right, who's in charge here? Where's the director? And he points at the line producer. Oh, hi. Uh, uh, pleasure to, to see you here, sir. I'm glad you came down. Uh, the director, I think he went off... Uh, um, Sally, did you see where the director went? I think he ran off to his trailer uh, shouting something racist that I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just like him, yeah. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. doesn't matter. Or, or farted. It doesn't matter. I don't know how people cursed in the 1930s. Ah, beans. <laughs> beans. Ah, beans it. People said fuck. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, actually appreciate if you didn't curse around me. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, okay. Uh, he just arbitrarily looks around and, go, and points at each one of you in turn. He goes, you, 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 and you. I need you for a job. I need of something. Of course. Anything you want, sir. Take a walk with me. And you start walking through Father's Own Studios, which for all of its glitz and glamour is clearly millimeters away from utter bankruptcy, trying so very hard to reach the heights of RKO Pictures and the other great picture studios around the town. It's a shoestring operation for sure. R.L. Stein has been for the last five, ten years basically trying to make it Hollywood 2, East Hollywood. <laughs> As he leads you out, he walks you past the soundstage where they were shooting the number one picture that the studio was hoping to make a really big hit, The Heart's Greatest Desire. And he points at the empty soundstage, he goes, you see that? That's where we're supposed to be shooting in the real shit, not the namby-pamby blue planet guys having sex with a hair woman. That, that, that gibberish you, you guys are doing. We're not doing that. Finally, someone who sees eye to eye with me. So the director, he's sort of, and he leans in and like sort of huddles you in and what would be a dad huddle if he were a dad, but he's not. <laughs> and he goes, uh, the director's gone missing along with the star and more importantly, the film. The most recent cut of the film is just gone. And what I need you to do is remake it. No. Okay. <laughs> because you'd be bad at it. I need you to go and I need you to bring it back here because otherwise the studio is kaput, your careers are fucked and do not let anyone else know about it. The last time he went missing, there were some sly prostitute murders. So I just need you to keep it under your hat well, if you sir, understand what I'm saying. Prostitution and murder sounds like we should call the cops. I can do that for you right now if you would no, like. No, do not call the cops. If the cops get called, then they'll arrest him and then we won't get the film back. I need you to go get it and bring it back. To me, without letting anybody know. Do you realize the PR disaster would be? It certainly would be a PR disaster. It would be a sensational story, the <laughs> likes of which no one has ever seen. And the intrepid reporter who caught the scoop, why, she'd, he'd be able to write his own meal ticket, I bet. That's a fair assessment, yeah. You just want us to preserve the magic of the movie. Make it real again, you know? He puts a hand on your shoulder and goes, that is... The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But, hey, Mr. Uh, Stein, can I have a, a side with you, Mr. Stein? Just over here, three feet away. Uh, yeah, and he just doesn't move. <laughs> I stand slightly farther away from him. <laughs> so then you're just like shouting it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just raised voices. I look at everyone else. I'm like, hey, guys, scram a little bit. No, I'm going to stay right here. I'm six feet back. Is it enough? <laughs> I could go farther. Sally's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right over there if you need me, boys. While everyone's not looking, she tries to hide in a nearby bush. Oh, fun. <laughs> so uh, this picture that they were shooting. this Todd's was greatest uh, desire, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, let's say we do a little thing here. I call in some favors. We sniff around for your director friend. Um, yeah, I hear you guys were recasting the villain. There was no plans to. I hear uh, I you guys were, we're doing a little recasting. 
the villain. Little quid pro quos to you to quote the ancient Chinese. That's Latin, my friend. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, tempting so to be racist. I know it is right. Um, so listen, as you know, star of the silent era, Meryl Streep here. <laughs> I'm looking for. Uh, oh yeah, you were the sexually charged villain in that detective picture. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my wife uh, had some feelings about you that I had to stamp down, but quick. <laughs> she wasn't the only one. Let me tell you. Uh, so here, let me uh, just uh, cut. Mr. This. Let me just Mr. Cut Streep, sir. I just want to say I hate those feelings, too. I'm going to step back now. <laughs> Let me just cut straight to the chase, he says, ignoring the plucky carpenter. I'll call in some favors with some of my friends in town. Dig up your erstwhile director here. And uh, how about you say uh, in return, you get me a part in this picture? I say I'll get you an audition. I'd like to intimidate you. Yeah, go ahead. So you're going to roll D100 and try to roll under whatever your intimidation stat is. What is your intimidation stat? This is what's insane. It's like, okay, intimidation, intimidation, dodge, drive automobile, electrical repair. <laughs> I have a 40 on intimidation because I figure I have a lot of like old Hollywood contacts, even though they may not necessarily call me back. I'm going to use those. I'm like, see, I know Mr. Selznick. So I'm saying, uh, how about you just get me that roll? 88. That's uh, far above my that 40 intimidation. far above. And he goes... Yeah, absolutely. And, and, he, and he, gives you, he gives you what you have come to become accustomed to as a polite dismissal and lie. You've probably been lied to enough in this town being a, a handsome Asian man in an industry propagated primarily by white dudes to know when you're being lied to. Yeah, I got a good sense of that. <sighs> I sigh and I step back. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll look for this guy. I figure a favor owed anywhere is worth something. That's fair. He walks you back to the rest of the fools. <laughs> three and, steps. Uh, Wait, just three, to, yeah, uh, sir, just to, uh, I, I don't mean to be a problem, but just to clarify, the, the four of us, uh, we have this actor that clearly uh, does not want to do this, and this gentleman I just met, who I'm not sure works here or not. Do, do you work here? I don't have you on. You talking to me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, I want I want to work here. I I just moved here and I'm looking for jobs and I I figure I'm good with my hands. I'm I'm a handy man. Like I could do anything on this set. You you need a water? I can get a water. I could. Yes, I, I get can, me a water. Okay, I'll be back. Um, do you know where any water is? <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, anybody got a water over here? It's real important. What was the dumb question? What was the dumb thing you were gonna say? Uh, are are we the best ones to do this? <laughs> I run back with the water. Oh, I got, that's I not got, water. Oh. That's coffee. Oh, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> he says, look, I'm not going to pretend that you're the only group of people I have looking for this guy. I hired a private detective. He hasn't come back. So I feel like I need to send people that uh, uh, I, don't, I don't care about so much. I call the H2O right here. It's for everybody. Everybody can drink out of this bottle because we don't believe in, in uh, germs anymore. Your hands are full of whipped cream. <laughs> I'll be ba right back. <laughs> Listen, um, fellas, I can see what's going on here. He saw a star like myself with the connections that I have all around town. And he figured we were probably the best bet. And you folks are my lackeys coming along here. You numbers, pencils. What's your name again? Robert. Ravi. Pencils. I like pencils. And you. Oh, well, there were three of you. What happened? I'm right over here, gentlemen. <laughs> and then you hear a voice come from a bush nearby. <laughs> it's me, Sally Stipe, the makeup girl that bush is talking i pop out of the bush through my many adventures i know a thing or two about disguises and hiding in places and i, I think i'd be just the ticket for this kind of job he probably thought that i could use a makeup person at any point if i needed to slip into a disguise and surreptitiously listen in on conversations that makes sense stein says you know what let's go with that yeah you're the face he's the makeup and then you get water and then the other one is i've got uh, it i've got the water i confirm with three different people that this is water 
I love that there's still like Ron Stampler energy <laughs> that still comes through in this. How did you bring the, is it in a cup? Did they have bottled water back then? No, they didn't. Oh yeah, it's definitely in a cup. I just take the cup of water and I just gulp it down. I'm very nervous. There you go, sir. Uh, um, Mr. What? Stein? Yes. Uh, can I talk to you for one second? Yes. Can you, can you step aside a little no, bit? No, just talk to me now. Why does everybody need any pride? It doesn't. Uh, okay. I don't care about any of you enough to give you the slightest amount of respect. Just give me what. Okay, if you, if you gentlemen, this is a business conversation. If you could just turn around for a second. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, Mr. Street, I just want to show you something real quick. I've been working on that, that grimace, that sexy sort of smolder that you got going. Are you, look at my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? I think I could be a big star like you someday. I put a hand gently on the shoulder. I'm like, why don't you fetch me uh, some more water? <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Of course. I'll, I'll even get it in a cup for you. Yeah. Why don't you skedaddle? So, Sally, if you want to listen in on whatever is going to be said, you can roll uh, your listen skill. Actually, I am going to run to the nearest payphone. Oh, great. Ooh. Okay. And so I pop in a nickel. <laughs> That's like $5,000, right? <laughs> you take a mortgage out on your house to get a quarter. Hello, operator. Yes. Get me the San Dimas Defender, please. Connecting you. You hear a grizzled voice that you know to be that of your editor. Uh, pick up the phone go, Yeah, what do you want? Julian, it's Hildy. Hildy. I'm undercover on the father's own picture set, and I've got a sensational scoop for you. You promised me a scoop weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take this down. Father's own pictures, newest hit film, heart's greatest desire, entire crew goes missing. Rogue team of washed-up actors, wannabe actors, and anxious film producer go to find crew. I'll be tagging along undercover as Sally Stipe, my alias incognito. I need something more. I need to know why they went Well, missing. horse feathers. Hold your dang horses. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the scoop. I'm on the beat. I'm going to get it for you. Just you wait and see. This is going to be way better than my last ten stories that you didn't publish. I'm not holding the presses for this. Yeah, yeah, Nor yeah. I'm holding my breath. Go eat your eggs, Julian. Oh, and then I, I hang will. up. <laughs> All right. Holy shit. Well, good job. <laughs> so uh, what, what conversation is... Uh, is... So, sir, I can't... You, you know I've been working for you for 11 years now. Have you? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 11 years. Um, I came here as a young line producer, and 11 years later, I'm still your young line producer. You're just so good at it, I guess. So look, uh, it's very clear. I, I've worked with you long enough to know that if we don't do this, we're going to be fired. Correct. You know, usually this should definitely be a hazard pay, but I'll tell you what, I'll cut you a deal. You're trying to make deals with me. Well, yeah, otherwise you would have to. I mean, you don't want me to go to, you know, you owe us hazard pay. Oh, are you trying to extort me, my no, friend? No, 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 sir. Just listen for one oh. second. I was just thinking, if if this movie does continue, I would love to, you know, I, I don't want to be an actor or anything, but, you know, I'm pretty good at, you know, I, I can take a hit or two. And there's a pretty big stunt uh, that happens in the movie. There's a guy that when they walk past they, uh, at, at the restaurant scene, they, they push him and he stumbles backwards. I was thinking I could be that guy. And right into a trolley. No, 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 no. He just stumbles backwards and he like puts his hand on the table. So give me, r- roll either persuade or intimidate because it sounded like you were threatening to maybe tell people about i'll do intimidate because that's a 15 instead of my persuade which is 10 wife that's a 20 that's oh that's that's close but no cigar and he goes i understand so you said you're good at taking hits huh and he socks you in the gut and uh that's gonna do uh 1d2 of damage so he only does one damage to you and he goes i didn't get to be the head of father's own studios in san dimas california by caving into threats i understand that didn't hurt me because like i said i'm very very strong but uh <laughs> yeah actually his did... hand hurts he goes, fuck <laughs> but it did intimidate me so um i just hope you'll take it into consideration if we do do the job correctly and uh we don't even worry about the hazard pay yeah and hey, maybe Jack maybe you'll what? take into consideration that i got another you fist that isn't broken stop ignoring me <laughs> what where I come from, they don't hit, they do hit people in New York, but <laughs> hey, buddy. That's where they invented it. 
I want to hit him. Whoa. You want to hit R.L. Stein? Yeah. Okay, uh, roll uh, your fighting brawl. Got 26, and I have a fighting brawl of 30. 30, okay, so you're going to roll. Let me see how much damage you do. <laughs> Unarmed strike is 1d3 plus a damage bonus, which should be zero for all of us. So two. Where do you hit him? How do you hit him? I hit him right in the mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> You hit him straight in the fucking mouth and it breaks his front two teeth. Um, and he like, he goes, oh, 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 and he's so surprised he swallows them on accident. Oh my God. <laughs> and he I'm... goes, that's it, that's it. You are fired. All of you are fired. Get the fuck off of my set. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. I'm tired of people like you always picking on little guys, people that, but that didn't do anybody no harm. And then you, you lift up people who, who don't care about nobody. But the silver screen, this, this industry, it's about dreams, man. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> in an action that is very reminiscent of Dungeons and Daddies, I try and shush the Stampler. And I'm like, uh, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll we'll get you your folks. We'll get you these folks back. He's, so, he's already waving over security guys to come and drag okay, you. Okay, Sir, okay, just to clarify, will. she's I, she doesn't uh, he doesn't work here. And also, I have first aid, so I'm going to try to instantly like help his mouth. This, okay, I don't know this person. Roll. I've never met this person before in my life. I got an 11. I'm 65, so that was a powerful that's a very good success heel. okay so yeah so you you managed to stop the bleeding you can't get his teeth back because he swallowed them he goes oh and then he realizes how mad he is and he fucking swats you away he goes get the fuck out of here. get i don't want to fucking see any of you people unless you got the goddamn film reality i especially don't want to see you pointing at stud saying i don't want to see you again no matter what the fucking what get the fuck out all the four next of you. time you'll see me buddy it'll be on the big screen <laughs> <laughs> so wait sir if we if we that's if we save great. the film we we get rehired I don't know. We'll fucking see what kind of rehired goddamn mood I'm in. We hired and we, I can do that little stunt piece. Get the fucking, fucking go. All right. You know what? We will go find this other picture team. And you know why? Because it's the right thing to do. His assistant comes by and like, goes, guys, guys, over here, over here. And waves you over. That shiner you gave him? Wow. I've been wanting to do that my whole life. Well done, you. You'll Thanks. probably never work in this town ever again, but it was fun for me. Uh, <laughs> so... Here's the thing. I think if you actually do go get the film back and can get the crew, he might rehire you. I don't know. So there was a couple of places he was probably going to tell you until you punched him where you might want to check out for clues. This is a game about following clues. So there are three locations. There's the director's apartment and then there's the PI's office. We don't know where he is. Also, uh, you could go to the editing suite where the, uh, the early draft of the film was getting cut together. The editor there was working pretty closely with the director. But we haven't heard from her either. What about hitting the streets? You know, asking the people if they've seen anything suspicious, like. You could do that. It would be really kind of going against the whole, like, don't let people on to what's going on <laughs> order true. that he That's do. true. Stud, we want to keep this under our hats for Absolutely. right now. On the QT. Yeah. Very hush hush. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody is like, you can feel it in this room. Everyone's trawling through. It's like, Ellie Confidential. Ellie Confidential. <laughs> Ellie Confidential. <laughs> Quickly, all the 40s movies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Sally seems to have like a knack for this sort of thing. Hey, by the way, my fiance's name is Sally. Oh, that's terrific. What a small rinky dink world we well, live in. Well, not exactly, fiance. I'm planning on it anytime now, though. Oh, well, you make sure to uh, speak your piece to her. Uh, Y'all want to see the ring right now? Yeah, absolutely, man. When are you going to drop the question? Maybe after this. What, what's your name, as, uh, assistant? My name is Dean. Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz? <laughs> Dean, Dean, Dean Koontz here. D-E-E-N-C-O-O-N-T-S. Dean Koontz here helped me pick it out. What, what do you guys think? I hold out the ring. Oh, that's lovely. Man, she's so lucky to have a guy like you. Oh, thank you. you Say, that's a whopper of a handcuff. You got quite a knack for flinging woo. I hope she doesn't give you the air. I agree Holy with everything shit. you just said. Sorry, is that just a page in that book? <laughs> All right, confession time. <laughs> Everyone else has their character sheets up, and I have Dewdroppers, Waldos, and Slackers, a decade-by-decade guide to the vanishing vocabulary of the 20th century. This is from their section on 30s 
slang, and it's on the section about romance. So oh. um, uh, a handcuff is an engagement ring to give the air. That's dark. That's dark. Literally, the, in Spanish, esposa means spouse and handcuff. Like oh, that's really? a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flinging woo, of course, I think we all know what that means. And to give the air is to reject a marriage proposal. Wow. This is Ben 30 Slang Corner with Sally Stipe slash Heldy Russell. Hey, uh, Stud, that's your name, right? Yeah, it's my name. I just want to say thanks a lot for uh, defending me back there. Of course, man. Nobody should be picked on like a bully like that. Everybody got dreams, man. What's your dream? Oh, in New York... I wanted to be a big star on the stage. I've been tap dancing since I was little, but then uh, my brother Carl, well, he got sick. Actually, he made himself sick. He is a drinking, you know. He really loved that bottle. Mm. Got a bottle down his throat every night, so to speak. He actually passed away. So now, this Broadway star's coming to California. I'd love to be a star here, but right now, I'm focused on raising my nephew, Willie. <laughs> I, I look up and down stuff to see kind of like how much I look like him. What's your size? I'm huge and very hot. <laughs> um, no, 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 Beth, your character. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, my character is small and very ugly. I'm I'm size sixty. Okay, inches. yeah, I'm size forty, and I'm as ugly as you can make it. So I look up and down. I go, I go. You know, me and you, we look pretty similar, and it would be, you know, if you, I think we make a good team. And you know, I'm a line producer. It's not what I'm always going to do. I want to be a stunt guy at some point. Maybe I could be your stunt man. Absolutely, man. I mean, I like doing stunts myself. That's why I knocked the snot out of that other guy. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Usually you would like do the back and then I would actually do the punch, but that was really good. Okay, well, I mean, we'll talk about it, yeah. man. Sometimes Willie, you know, my nephew, that I'm, I guess I should call him a kid. I mean, I like a son to me now because I'm raising him. I don't know. Sometimes he does stuff that I don't agree with, like killing cats or something like that. And I have oh. to say, I have to say, like, hey, Willie, we'll talk about this later. And sometimes it means that we'll have an argument, but other times it means that we're just going to try to be friends. You know, Sally's been talking about having a kid. I'm not so sure. Maybe we should talk about that, too. Hey, you know, boys, if you're done gabber blabbing, we've got a uh, case to get to, and we've got a, a, oh, you're a, right, you're a right. big old reel of film to find. Of I course. tell you, we can't sit around here all day smoking them dingbat doobies. We got to get on this. I, too, have a list of slang, and it's all weed slang, baby. <laughs> where do you think we should head to, Sally? Yeah, where do you, you, you want to go? One of I'm not accustomed to asking women their opinions. but <laughs> You can also go to the, anywhere you want, basically. You can go to the library or whatever. Those are just the three that I have suggested. The, oh, there's a library. The way that any call could do the mystery works is you can hypothetically do whatever the fuck you want to try to solve mysteries, which is why you have a library use skill. But it's up to you what you want to do. I don't know if the library will help us know where the director went at this <laughs> moment. Now, if you ask me, we should head down to Musso and Frank's and have a word with some of the other directors there. Musso and Frank's? Why, that's a three-hour drive from San Dimas. <laughs> I, you know, it's worth it. We might just get there in time for lunch. But I think we should be asking the scuttlebutt uh, around town amongst the other directors and the other Hollywood types. But, um, but we still got to keep a very hard... Hush, hush. I propose we start our search at the director's house. Yeah. If I don't miss sure. my director's guess. house. Yeah, why not? Hey, Dean, R.L. Stein, you know, he says on his job, he said that we were going to have a nice per diem. He was saying about $500 per diem. And don't worry, I'm going to record it all. I want to make sure that we have everything. Oh, he said that? That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So can, uh, that's your job as an assistant. <laughs> per Why don't you roll persuade? If yeah, $500 is like a million dollars in 1939, right? Good old inflation calculator. Like 500 bucks in 1939. And this year... I want to invite the audience at home to guess <laughs> in your head what you think $500 in 1930s money is And then is click worth. 
15 seconds forward on whatever podcast app you're listening to and spoil yourselves. <laughs> Robert always tries to do things, but he has absolutely Jesus. no persuasion. It's $9,000, Matt. $9,200 a day? No, no. I, yeah, I was just, That's what the word per diem. I, I rolled a 72 and my persuasion's 10. <laughs> oh, he goes, oh, absolutely not. Yeah, okay, was worth a try. okay, well, hey, That's team. That's the operating team budget really, for the year. I, I understand. It was worth a try. Team, I'm going to go ahead. I'll keep the receipts and I'll break everything up that way we can all split this up four ways um you know i don't know whose car we're going to use but you know don't worry about it. i just want to make sure that none of us feel you know like we've been you know screwed over or anything like that so whose car are we taking not mine my, my car has terrible uh, i don't have a car but i thought i thought you were a stunt driver man <laughs> well i suppose we could take mine my driver is um uh, sick he's away checking on his uh, his family but uh, we i got a duesenberg They've got a bullet-riddled death car that's on set in the garage for uh, All Angels Die Suddenly, the new gangster <laughs> picture. Uh, so maybe we could take that and no one has to waste their gas. Well, hey, oh, I got a, a cool cap that I could put on my head and look like a driver, so let me hop behind the wheel. You go to the car for All Angels Die Suddenly, uh, <laughs> which is completely bullet-riddled, and one of, the, one of the tires is steadily losing air. But uh, Dean Koontz goes, oh, that's great, then we can write it off. Fantastic. Um, okay, so you're going to drive to the director's apartment? Yeah, I fucking floor it. (laughs) (laughs) When you arrive at the director's apartment, you can see that the door is wide open. And before you even enter the apartment, you can smell very bad things. Uh, You smell every manner of bodily fluid imaginable. And stepping inside, it looks like somebody has, like, smashed this place to fuck. Uh, not not to have sex, like, smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> smashed it to hell and smashed back. Yo, girl, I want to fuck, but first we got to smash. The they fucked this place up to smash. Um, his many awards that he's won are in pieces on the ground. You smell pee everywhere. Uh, there's this, like, crusty brown substance on his rewards. I don't. I just want to say that Robert is, is nose blind. <laughs> Sorry, one more time? Robert's nose blind. He doesn't have, like, any he smell. He needs Febreze. <laughs> My God. This is why, you know, in case it matters later, he doesn't have a sense of smell. I always thought you lacked common sense. (laughs) All right, everyone uh, uh, take uh, a D2 of sanity loss for dad jokes. What do I get for my bad joke? Oh, nothing. (laughs) This game is about tragedy and slow decay into nothingness. So there are a bunch of uh, crumpled up notes everywhere and stuff. So if you want to try to find something more specific, you can roll a spot hidden skill I'm going to roll spot hidden. I'm going to do spot hidden as well. I'm awful at this. I rolled an 81 out of 25. I'm really so I good don at my it. white gloves and just pretend to look like I'm looking for things, but I'm not really getting my hands I dirty. Bad. Uh, I also rolled bad. Okay, I rolled a five. Oh, okay, great. Whoa. So that's an incredible roll. So actually, that's a critical success, I believe. Nice. All right. So you find his journal buried beneath a pile of half-written screenplays uh, that have been like scribbled out and ripped up and shit like that. But beneath them, you can find his leather-bound journal. And inside the journal, the handwriting is very bad and scraggly, but you can make out that it says new finale underlined several times. Current finale is not working. I need to film it where the oaks grow tall. And he's underlined that a couple times. Beneath that, another journal entry saying this lead actor is, and then clearly a smear of his own shit. (laughs) And then beneath that, need auditions. Can film auditions in California, unlike finale. Because you rolled an extreme success, you also see stuck to the back of the journal by horrible bodily fluids, a card from a taxi service. It's from Yellow King Cabs. Gentlemen, get a load of this. Gather around. Oh my god. Oh, they need a, lot a new of lead actor. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm staying at the door. I'm like, this doesn't look very sanitary in there. What, what, what you got there, Sally? It seems to me that this director really blew his wig just from the state of this place. I mean, I mean, look, there's poop all over the place. There's yeah. all sorts of crumpled notes and whatnot. And it seems here in his journal that he was planning to reshoot the finale of this movie and he needs a new lead actor. In addition to the journal, I found this stuck to the back of it. It seems to be something called Yellow King Cab Company. What's and that? it's got a phone number. On yeah, they're the most expensive cab company. It's, I can't. Of course, he would use Yellow Cab. Uh, Sorry, it's just... I don't know why he wastes money all the time. <laughs> Yellow King. That name has a ring to it that I can't quite put my finger on it. But uh, maybe we should call this number on the back. Uh, and, and, and then we can see if maybe they know where the director went. That'd be great. It'd be great if we could finish this. I, I'm supposed to have dinner with Sally tonight. I might, you know, pop the question tonight. I'm thinking about it. Probably not. Anyways, <laughs> uh, make the call. I, can we be done with this soon? He's got a phone in here somewhere, right? There's a phone. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah. make the call. Yeah, I guess. you make the yeah. call. Operator. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, uh, put me through to the Yellow King Cab Company. They're at Chesterfield 0317 McGillicuddy. Chesterfield 0317 McGillicuddy connecting. <laughs> uh, and you hear the, the sound of somebody with long nails plugging things into things at a switchboard. <laughs> Do you guys ever freak out that like if you got sucked back in time, you'd have no fucking clue how to use a phone? Oh, it'd be so oh, yeah. And the My fear is that if I went back in time, I would be immediately killed for being brown. So <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually easier because like you don't have to remember numbers. You just pick up a phone and go, Dr. Will. <laughs> Give me Will Campus, please. Like, all right. Yeah, there's very few places I get to go when I go back in time. <laughs> yeah. Freddie and I can go to 1987, and any earlier than that is a little bit dicey. It gets dicier the farther you go back. <laughs> I can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be more successful the farther back in I went. You could own people. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> you hear uh, somebody pick up the phone at Yellow King Cab Company go, Yellow King Cab Company, what do you want? Hi, I'd like to inquire about a man who chartered a cab from you. Uh, I, I'm looking for him. Yeah, what's the name? What's the name of the director? Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> na- the director's name is Joseph Joseph Abrams. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> no. They call him Double J. <laughs> I'm looking for uh, Double J Abrams. It's quite urgent. I'm his assistant, you see, and uh, he left his heart medication and it's very urgent that I find him, and I and I and the last thing I know is that he called your cab company and took a cab somewhere. Well, nice cover, Sally. You're doing great. Uh, ro- I frantically try to <laughs> hush the, uh, the speaker on the phone. Roll uh, persuasion. Oh fuck! I have a ten for persuasion. No, what's, none hard of you about this, no, what's hard about this system is none of your stats are like automatically gained. You have to add to them. So essentially, whatever you don't add to, you have like 10. you're just bad at. Yeah. <laughs> you're bad. I got a fifty nine, so I failed. Fifty nine. He goes out. We don't get that kind of information over the phone. I grab, I grab the phone from him. It's like, hello, this is Meryl Streep, star <laughs> of stage and screen. The Chinese fella? Yes. My wife had some untoward thoughts about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, mister, who am I talking to? You're talking to Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mr. DeVito, let Everyone me tell you. Everyone in my family is named that through the generations. Well, Mr. Taxi Company. Well, Mr. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mr. DeVito, I got some dough with your name on it. Is that so? Yes. Being a star of stage and screen, I have quite a bit of it to throw around. Perhaps you heard of my lavish parties that I had in the Hollywood Hills some 10 years ago. Danny DeVito says that. Well, unless you got a way to shove money through the phone receiver, it doesn't do a lot to me right now, does it? Money over the phone? What sort of... Sci-fi world do you think we live in? Peter, I'm working on a screenplay. I kind of petered out around the second act, but that's the main thrust of it is money through the phone. That's my thing. 
What's it called? <laughs> Dial M for money. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. shit. That's way better. I was going to say it's called shit. Vengeance Mountain, which I'm shortening to Venmo, Venmo but no, Dial yeah. M for money is way funnier. <laughs> Dial M for money. Good work. Well, I could have my uh, my butler send it over. Um, Do you still have a butler? Or are you lying? I am lying about that. Okay. So go ahead and um, I guess roll Persuade with, I would say, a penalty dice. So it's basically disadvantage for the tens digit because you're. Is there any away. way I could roll this on credit? Because it's like I have a reputation as being, you know, some well, you know, like a the, former the, if, celeb. If you were physically with him, yes. But since you're over the phone, like, how can you really prove that a that you're him? A and B. So you haven't even credit been is really. literally just your physical money. Yeah, and like if you were next to him, you could roll credit. He would like look at you and be like, "Oh, this guy's rich. He's like stressed." See, but see. you're over the phone, so it's kind of. Could I roll charm? People didn't uh, lie. Yeah, in you can roll charm. Because <laughs> my charm is much better. Forty nine, nineteen, forty nine. All right, so is that under your yes, charm? Yes, my charm is 75. Damn, okay, wow. shit, fuck. You're yes. a charming dude. I'm a charming guy. All right. Many wives have had untoward thoughts towards me. You yeah, know? I guess. Although that would work against my charm, wouldn't, wouldn't it? I mean, no, but also, that, like, he's basically like, he wants to be If you. I tell my wife that I talk to V. Meryl yeah. Streep, then maybe, you know, vicariously, she'll oh, be more yeah, excited yeah, yeah. about getting... All right, all right. So, yeah, he charted a couple cabs. He went from the father's own studio editing suite to his apartment... Then he took a ride from his apartment to the Griffith Observatory. And then from there, he went to the train station. To, like, a Union Station? Yeah, Union Station. It's going to be tough going down to Union Station because it's literally the grand opening. It uh, literally started in 1939. Yeah. The grand (laughs) opening of Union Station, really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Me and Sally want to go there. I heard the ceiling's incredible. You're going to find that a lot of things in this campaign (laughs) happened exactly in 1939, (laughs) maybe two weeks ago. (laughs) Well, Mr. DeVito, thank you so much for the information. Tell you what, I'll have my assistant send over a signed headshot. Hey, r- real quick while I got you online, can you say your famous catchphrase from that picture where you were the sexually charged villain, the one that makes the ladies swoon? Well, I will say that it was a silent picture, so I actually never really said anything. They just had me mouth the alphabet, <laughs> and then they added it in. Mr. Streep, I practiced that line every night. <laughs> every night as I went to bed, I was like, ABC. Oh, man, you were the... Best in that movie. Oh, uh, yeah, the catchphrase that made the lady swoon. Um, what was it again? It was, uh, come here, lady, and hold your body against mine. Whoa! <laughs> Man, oh. I could hear you say that all day. Hey, Sally, in that journal, what else did it say about the oak trees? Or- Gosh, that's right. You know, I forgot all about that. And I flipped through it. Okay, so when you look at the journal, you can see the phrasing is exactly need to film new finale where oaks grow tall, and oaks grow tall is underlined. Now, where oaks grow tall, is there a, um, that maybe he's, is there, is there an oak forest around here? Is there a, um, I guess I'll do a not, is do it, can I just try to think? Uh, let's see. Can I think good? <laughs> <laughs> you could roll history. You could roll natural world. I'm going to do a history roll. See if I could trek back through my knowledge of the San Dimas area. I failed. I don't know of any oak groves around here. I don't know if you gentlemen know well, of anything. Let me think. Uh... I critically fail that roll. <laughs> I failed as well. So uh, I can call uh, my gal Sally. She uh, she she worked for the the, the parks. Uh, she was uh, she was ah, gardener an and, and and yeah, landscaper. And now she works for the parks, uh, mostly a Joshua Tree area, which opened in 1936. If you all know, um, <laughs> but she might she Three might years know, ago. That's ancient. <laughs> she might know something. Why don't you give your sweetheart a ring and see what she can tell us about where the oaks grow? Okay, I don't like bothering our work, but yeah, we could do that. Tell me where she works. She works in probably like town hall. So you hear a, a woman pick up the phone and go like. <laughs> Trying to reach. Uh, Sally, Sally Johnson. Sally! And, and Sally, <laughs> Sally comes over and picks up them and goes, What's, what's going on, hon? Hey, babe, how's it going? Uh, why are you calling me at work? Sorry, I, just, I actually have a tr- tree question. Weird, right? 
Oh, no, I love answering questions. You know I love answering questions. I know. Questions. It's your favorite thing. So, yeah, I'm here with some friends. Actually, we got a, we got a problem here at work. Anyways, I don't want to waste your time. I know you're very busy, and what you do is much more important than the stuff that we do. So, um, do you have any idea where oaks grow tall? I know it sounds like a riddle, um, but it is important for work. Uh, where oaks grow tall? I mean, there are oak trees all across the country. That's, that's a little vague. There's no... Do oak trees normally grow tall compared to other trees? Yeah, they're pretty tall. Is there any place that, like, they grow extra tall? I don't, I don't think so, no. I'm sorry for wasting your time, babe. No, no, no. it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. Hey, this is pretty wild. you know who I'm sitting next to? Who? Uh, uh, Meryl Street. You know I've had untoward feelings about him. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking about it. You know what they say. Whatever revs your engine as long as I get to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! So, oh, my God. Holy shit! Yeah. You, you That's say, great. Hey, can you say hi to my gal, Sally? Say your signature line. Sally. You probably don't recognize my voice. Yeah, I've never heard your voice before. But it is me, I <laughs> assure you. Movies, never in I assure you, it is me, and I'm and I'm fixing to change that uh, with the help of your boyfriend. Yeah, he's my boyfriend. With the help of your boyfriend here, but uh, until then, why don't you <laughs> hold your body real close to mine and rub against it a little bit? Uh, <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> All right, babe. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> hopefully I won't be home too late, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, I'll bring dinner home. Okay, great. Thanks. I'll see you when we get there. Yeah. So oak trees grow everywhere, guys. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> well, I think we'll just have to keep this clue in mind as we continue to chase down the leads. Well, I'll tell you, it looks like he went from the apartment to Griffith Park Observatory. Oh, uh, that place is so romantic. No, before we hoof it all the way down to Los Angeles, maybe we should check out that editing suite first, because he came from the editing suite here and then pooped his pants and went crazy <laughs> and then went to Griffith Park. You know what? The editing suite's bathroom's been out of order for quite a long time. It's, it makes sense. Maybe that's what happened. Or oh. maybe the picture was just so good, he couldn't hold it. <laughs> that's an you, option. You ever, you ever seen art that really changes you? You know... That makes you like bathrooms. What are bathrooms when there's magic in front of them? Man, I hope I see a picture one day that I got to poop in the whole dang theater. And everybody's like, hey, get out of here. But I'm like, this is my dream. No, what's that? You're going to be in that picture. And hopefully when somebody punches you, I'll be that guy that is you for a couple seconds when it happens. Oh, man. And then I'll be like, come here, baby, and rub your body against mine. Oh, oh. it's hold your body close and then rub it against me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'll get it right next time. Let me actually write this down. Okay. So I've so I got a little notebook here and I'm going to write, come here, baby, and hold your body close to mine. And rub it. And rub and it rub against it, me a little bit. And rub it against me a little. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. A little bit is important, otherwise it breaks the haze code. <laughs> no way. Very oh good. Very God. good. Fuck, that's funny. All right, so I guess we should go to the editing suite. The editing suite. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dungeons and Dice is brought to you this week by Rocket Money. Listen, you got subscriptions that you forgot about? I guarantee you, you have subscriptions that you're paying for, you're paying for every month that you don't even use anymore. Or sometimes you sign up for something and you sign up for something and the, the day later you don't even realize it. Rocket Money can cancel those subscriptions for you in a single click. And they'll even help negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. You just submit a picture of a bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money, for those of you who don't know, personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place with one tap. If you see something you don't want, you just help cancel it just by tapping your fingers. And their dashboard shows you monthly spending compared to last month so you can see where your habits are, see how you're doing, see how the trend lines are going. They can help you create a custom budget and keep your spending on track. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddies. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddies, rocketmoney.com slash daddies. Dungeons and Daddies is brought to you this week by KiwiCo. It's time. Kiwico. It's summertime. You ever do outdoor stuff in the summer? I would ride bikes. No, I've never gone no, outside. What, never gone. What, well, uh, not, in, not in Phoenix. Yeah. Did you bike ride when you were like out in the summer or would you just bake? So when I was in Tucson, when I was like bike riding age and yeah, we would just bake alive. The asphalt was so hot. And then by the time I was in Phoenix, I was in college, you know, who rides bikes? I do to get to class and yeah. to get to other places. And it was very hot. Yes. So okay. KiwiCo is inviting kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. Ooh. Kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks with enriching content and fun activities to accompany each project. They have something for everyone and they offer different topics for each age, whether your child wants to explore space Hell or learn yeah. about dinosaurs yes. or learn about how dinosaurs were killed by an object from oh space. My God. I do have to say, looking at the KiwiCo website, there is a physics project for kids age five and up that is pinball? Are you freaking kidding Yo, me? I'm looking at this marble oh, roller coaster. KiwiCo encourages kids to get outside, explore, and to stay off their screens. Awesome projects from the Summer Adventure Series like the Bottle Rocket Kit, where you build an actual bottle rocket, but not the kind that you light with a lighter. Help to turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. And, and Matt is the parent in the room here. Yeah. Keeping your kid busy and creatively challenged. Constant struggle. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to avoid those screens. Then you got it. That's you gotta, the problem is that screens made them. Oh my God. Really screens make it way. so easy, but you want to avoid those screens. So you got to come up with fun stuff to do activities oh. and like, look, you got a whole range, but you know how like you think you're prepared and you've got like a whole list of things. You're like these activities this is going to last until my kids in college. No. You were now them by like age no. four. KiwiCo does like, like, all the marshmallows with no. toothpicks and all the all the like make your own water. But I've done all these things. KiwiCo's doing that legwork for you, so you can spend quality time just tackling the projects together. It must be nice, Matt, to be able to do these and just be like, I don't have to think. I can just play with do it. it. Convenient and personalized, you'll receive either all your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get twenty percent off on your summer adventure series at KiwiCo.com/slash/summerdaddies. That's the best code we've gotten That's so really far. Good. That's really Twenty percent off your summer. Summer Adventure at Kiwi, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Summer Daddies. One word, Summer Daddies. You arrive at the editing suite 
When you open the door, you, the entire room is pitch black, save for a single light at the other end of the room. And silhouetted in that light, you can see a woman hunched over, working uh, what is what you can clearly tell as a moviola. Moviola being the machine that they used to hand crank and edit film back in the day. And also historically, mostly women in editing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They were editors and computers. Yeah. Also, they were so hot that edit bays normally burn down. Yep. <laughs> It was the, also because the women film, are the editors. I, I thought that's what she said. These film gals is, were so hot. Yeah, film is uh, flammable, but yeah. editors are even hotter. <laughs> so this editor is just sitting there, with, like didn't turn around when we came in. No, so she turns back around, and you can see that the way that the light from the movie is running, it's sort of just hitting her chest. Everything outside of her chest is sort of in complete darkness. She turns around and is looking at the moviola and and, and is cranking it back and, and forth. She's like, and hey, moviola, my eyes are up here. <laughs> No, she doesn't. Gentlemen, be quiet. That's Gertrude von Strumpf. She's one of the most famous editors in all of San Dimas. She works on all of this company's pictures. She's notoriously cantankerous. One time, a PA came in while she was cutting Husbands Who Needs Them, the latest rom-com farce, and (laughs) she flipped out at him and threw coffee in his face. Yeah, I know. I was that that PA before I was my producer. Believe me, I, I don't want to go in there. I'm going to stay out here by the door. She's a little kinder towards women, so I'll go ahead and stick my head in here. Uh, Gertrude, dearie. Hello? So she continues to ignore you and just keep cranking the handrails on the, the movie, like cranking She's back and so forth. so dedicated to back her and craft. Forth. Nothing can distract her. We better approach with caution. Something seems off. I want to do a quick perception of what's going on here because it seems like we're walking into a, a freaky room. This is going to get spooky. <laughs> is this a freaky room? Is this a freaky <laughs> room, Is this a family Daddy room master? or is this a freaky room? I think maybe the way the Call of Cthulhu works is they want you to investigate for yourself rather than having the die roll sort of tell you what's going on. So you have to put uh, yourself at risk to find stuff out. That takes work. <laughs> and, then, and then it's probably just environmentally. It's like I'm getting freaky vibes. Yes, you're, def- you're definitely getting some weird vibes here. Like she definitely should have been able to hear you when the door opened she should have seen the light but she didn't turn around it's like she's acting like you're not there like this is very odd usually if someone opens the door while gertrude's editing you're gonna get a whole mess of profanities thrown in your face um and I, don't, I don't like that she's ignoring us. I mean, we're, we're human beings. We got just as right to be. Actually, we don't work here, so maybe we should leave. <laughs> um, I turn on my flashlight. Oh, shit. Click, click. And then I do a sweeping scan through the darkness. Okay. As you sweep through the darkness, you see what appears to be pretty normal, just a bunch of, you know, filmers and stuff like that. But tell me what you do with the flashlight in regards to Gertrude. I'm, not, I'm very scared of agitating Gertrude, so I'm going to, like, slowly... Shine. I'm not gonna. Fuck yeah. It, it, Fucking, yeah. Are you afraid of the dark levels of slow reveal? Oh, Just slowly gonna cast it up towards Gertrude. I'm like Gertrude, dearie, are you all right in there? Okay, so you see as the flashlight beam begins to run up her body, you can see there's some liquid that's trickling down her body. And initially you think, oh, it's blood, but it's this blackish, grayish stuff. And as the flashlight continues up, you can see her arms are covered in it. Uh, it seems to be seeping out of cuts in her arms. And as you get up to her face, uh, you realize that the click, click, click noise you were hearing is not just from the movieola, but there is um, there are two small film reels almost like bolted into her eye sockets. And they're running and running fast and the edges of the film reels which are really really sharp are cutting to her cheeks and her eyebrows and from that this like black blood stuff is seeping down and she opens her mouth and film starts to like sort of spool out of it and she goes oh hello 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 have you come to see the film all right so everybody roll a sanity check so you're going to try to roll under your sanity if you succeed then you only take one sanity damage and if you fail then you take a d 
Six of sanity. Success. I, I also succeeded. Barely succeeded. I got 35 and my sanity's already 38. 34 on a 59 sanity. Okay, then reduce your sanity by one. Uh, oh, I this. rolled a four on a 70 sanity, so. You've seen some real shit. Hildy's just got a, she's got a strong head on her shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Gertrude leans over and, <laughs> and more of the film starts bit by bit jerking out of her mouth and she grabs it with her hand and like starts pulling it out of her and you can hear the sound of the film slicing her throat and her tongue as it comes out. And black blood Let's starts to spew down the her door chin. And leave, Wait, we gotta help her. There's something wrong right with her. I don't think we can help her, guys. This is worse than last time I saw her. We gotta go. I rush over and try to get the film out of her mouth. Oh, shit. I, I think I think she's choking on it. I'm gonna rush up with Stud as well. Okay. I've turned around and I'm not watching. Are you gonna try to pull it out? Yeah, I'll try to pull it out. Okay, so give me a uh, strength roll. Mm, got a 97 on a 50, unfortunately. It doesn't budge, and more than that, she grabs you by the hand, and she says, you know what's beautiful about film? The, the imperfections, the scratches, the hairs, the flecks of dust. As you edit, it begins to be all you see. You're initially given this film, and it's pristine and clean, and you think, ah, oh, this will be perfect. But the more you work on it, the more the imperfections begin to worm their way in, the horrible, pure randomness of it. And she turns to you, and the, the, her, her fucking eyes continue to, like, spool, and, like, blood continues to pour down. She goes, would you like to see the film? Stud, you need to back away right now. Something's not right with this woman. So she doesn't let go of your hand, and she goes, no, 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 you have to see. You have to see the film. It's going to be the greatest film of all time. We're going to wait for the premiere. You know, this isn't really the right environment to enjoy a full motion picture, you know? Like, I think we'd rather wait until the whole thing comes together. Why don't you go ahead and uh, roll Persuasion? So, uh, I fail. As you say that, she turns and looks at you. Her jaw, like, unhinges and opens even wider, and you see this, like, bright light come from within, almost like the fucking film oh, projector. I, I close my eyes. I try to shield my eyes. First, you're going to have to do a sanity check, because that's an insane thing that she just did. Yeah, that's a fail. So I could roll a D6? Yeah, roll a D6 of sanity. Oh, that's not too bad. Three. So you close your eyes, but you're going to be temporarily blinded for this next part. Gertrude turns to you, Stud, and says, I have the dailies to show you. Stud, so don't beautiful. watch the dailies! Don't, don't watch them. They'll teach you so much about the randomness. So I'm going to just run in and do a flying kick at her head. Okay. Give me a <laughs> no. fighting brawl roll. Next episode is going to be the adventure of three people. Going <laughs> and uh, that was a 17 roll on a fighting of 30. So I do succeed on that. So she's going to try to dodge you. She fails. You clock her with sick like a axe kick, a fucking sick axe kick that you've definitely done your films before. And that's a uh, three damage on my roll. Mr. Streep, that was incredible. Does Stud get broken out of this uh, thrall briefly? Does she like stagger back? Let's roll for her strength to see if she lets go or not. No, she's still holding on. Mr. Streep, I know I'm still caught here, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you're. We're now we're going to be in proper combat. So Gertrude is going to grab Stud by the neck. So basically, the way that the movie is work is there's an exposed strip of film that you crank with these two reels left and right, and in the middle where the film is exposed, the film is pretty sharp on the edges. It's like this razor sharp edge. So she's going to grab you by the neck and try to force your head down into the exposed film strip. So you're going to roll a pose to her. So we're both going to roll. D100. Man, this bra just won't quit, and I gotta respect that. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you're defending, you have a choice. You can either dodge to try to avoid the damage entirely, you can fight back to try to do damage back to her, or you can try to do a maneuver, which is like fighting back, except instead of doing damage, you do something special to them, like trying to restrain them or push them or any of those things. So which of those things would you like to do first? 
Hmm. Kick the moviola over. Yeah, right? that's a good idea. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to push it over. That's a maneuver. So she, what did you roll? I rolled a 97. Okay, that's very bad. I know. Um, that's a critical fail. So she rolls a success. So she grabs you by the neck and jams your head into the side of this moviola. And the film strips with your wide open eyes just cut across you. Like, oh, no. And your eyes just get sliced the fuck open. Wait, both of them? Both of them. Is she blind now? Uh, yeah. Man. Good thing there are talkies now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This happened fast. Yeah. So luckily, that only does three damage to you. But the bigger thing is that Unluckily, your eyeballs are now basically gone. The goop is fucking running out of them. God. Uh. But the upside is, because she's showing you the movie, you see, like, in your soul, not with your eyes, what was on the film strip. On the plus side. On the plus side. You got to look on the bright side, even when you can't look. (laughs) So you see them shooting a romance scene between the two stars of the film on the studio lot in Father's Own Studio. The two lovers are embracing, and you hear J.J. Abrams yell, cut, and he steps in a frame, and he goes, this is bullshit. I don't believe this. This isn't real. Casting director, hey, hey, hey. Yes, I'm so so sorry, sir. What's the problem? This is bullshit. This space is bullshit. It's not expansive enough. I want to feel the stars from without and from within. I want the stars to feel like they're coming from inside of me. So what I want you to do, you're going to go to the Griffith. You're going to find me some fucking stars at the Griffith. That's what I want, okay? So tell me what you're going to do. We're going to do casting conditions at the Griffith Observatory. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The film keeps going. And the director is off camera, but you can hear him just like beating his head. He goes, they kiss. That's it. The world's in danger. It's going to end. And they kiss. No, it's not real. It needs to be dark. It needs to be more honest. And you got to go out with a bang. There's this place in Tennessee where the tall oaks can burn real good. That's what. And then the film ends. But in addition to that, you can see what she's talking about. The film is it's not just the image you're seeing. You can see the imperfections on the film, the little dust mites and the, and the little bits of hair or whatever. The visual noise of them begins to drown out the actual image that you're seeing. It's like you're looking at the static and the dust and the detritus and all that is crawling its way into your what would have been your eyeballs and sort of taking up a fucking home in your soul. Like you feel the randomness and you feel the decay and the, the fact that this world is chaos and however beautiful this film might have once been, it, nothing is going to survive the entropy of, of existence. So make a sanity roll. 68. Okay, how much sanity do you have currently? I have 80. Okay, great. So you only lose one sanity. Okay. And your eyes. <laughs> okay, so that's it for Gertrude's turn. It is your turn, stud. Um, okay, describe what's going on to me. I, I, I can't really I can't really see anything. Your face is being shoved into a moviola. Could somebody help me push it over and then then oh does anybody have a match? We got light. I feel like all of you smoke. Oh yeah. Yes. We've got we've all got four different. lighters. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's 1939. Probably yeah. every single one of you smokes. Without looking, I just hold up matches like, yeah, I got them. Okay, guys, I got a plan. What if we light the match and then throw it in here? You guys grab me and we'll we'll hit the road, Jack. Sounds like a plan. If you're gonna try to push it over, go ahead and make a strength check. I rolled exactly my strength. What does that mean? Uh, that means you succeeded. Okay. So you successfully kick over the moviola, which is enough for Gertrude to go, no, the film. And she lets go of you and she rushes over to try and pick it back up. So now it is Matt's turn. What's going on? We got to go. Get out of here and torture. Okay. I just run down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just get away. Nobody's going yeah, for you. Wait, I just the the you, you are now out of combat. <laughs> I can't hear. Sally said we got to get out of here. So I just start running. All right. You are now out of combat. Freddie, okay. it is your turn. <laughs> I'm going to flick my lighter, throw the Zippo in towards the pile of film and pull stud out. If, of if, you, if you're doing both, then you're going to roll with disadvantage on your roll for the lighter. Yeah. I'll try and do both. Okay, cool. So roll for your throwing skill. 
What are you throwing it at? If this is like an editing room, there's going to be piles of film on the floor. There's going to be stuff hanging. It's going to be just sort of a mess, right? Okay, yeah, sure. So I'm going to throw out the biggest pile of film that I see. Okay. And luckily, Meryl Streep did some track and field, did a little bit of shot put. So that throw skill's at 65, baby. And I rolled a 29. Okay, so that's a hard success, which is good. So it not only catches fire with the pile of film that you threw it into, that pile of film immediately catches onto a butt because celluloid is extremely flammable, as anybody who's seen fucking Inglorious Bastards can attest to. And it actually starts to catch onto Gertrude herself as she's trying and failing currently to pull the moviola back. And you can see the second it hits her foot, like it catches up quickly, almost like she's made of celluloid. And that's a regular success on the roll to grab stud, so I do so successfully. And we clear the room as it is catching on fire. Okay, Will. Okay, I run to the door. And then, this is my last action before fleeing, I reach into my fake makeup bag and pull out a camera. And I snap a photo of Gertrude going up in flames. Okay, so through the fucking lens of your camera, you get the perfect picture of Gertrude on fire as her arms open and, like, spools of tentacles of film just come out from her, like, so you're gonna have to make a sanity roll for looking directly into that shit. I do have a photography skill as well. Do I need to roll that? Oh, that's even better. Yeah, give me his photography skill. If If you do really well, it'll reduce the amount of sanity you have to lose. Nice. Shit, I, I failed. So you still get the picture, but you're going to have to make a sanity roll, and no matter what, you're going to take little, a... That's a little blurry. <laughs> no matter what, you're going to take a D3 of damage. If you fail, you take a full D6. It's a little overexposed because of the fire. <laughs> All right, it succeeded. Uh, yeah, take a D3 of sanity damage. All right, so I rolled a five, so, yeah, so that's, that's a three. That's, that's three. Okay. So you're successfully out of this combat. Blood is streaming. Successfully is... Yeah. So blood is streaming from poor Stud Stampler's face as you burst through the doors out into the uh, the parking lot of the editing bay out in sunny San Dimas, where everything seems to be completely normal and not infested with a horrible celluloid monster. I was running down the hallway and I turn around. I'm like, oh, thank God we all got out. Oh, my God, Stud, what happened? Guys, guys, give it to me straight. Is it bad? What's bad? I mean, you lost your eyes. It hurts pretty bad. It's pretty bad, Stud. I would say don't look, but... Yeah. <laughs> I tear uh, my sleeve off and I start putting a bandage around studs. Don't worry, buddy. We're going we're gonna to take care of this. Whose voice is that? This is your stunt double. This is your pal, Robert. Robert? Hey, man. I saw you running down the hallway. <laughs> oh, I even asked for the match and you didn't give it to me. Wait, when? You know, when I lost my fucking eyes just a second ago. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's mean. I'm just in a lot of pain. No, I'm in a lot we'll of talk pain about that in a second as the Wilson family fucking coat of arms. <laughs> I, wish, I, I, I wish I knew what was going on. I, I wasn't looking and I asked what I should do. I and, wasn't and, looking either, and man. Sally I wasn't said looking. To run. Sally said, get out of here. I didn't know what was going on. In fact, I don't think I'll ever look again. Do I see the flames in the background? Yeah, so as you guys are leaving Wait, uh, the room, you, what definitely, happened in you there? can feel the heat. The flames are coming up. This entire fucking building is going up bad. Uh, you can hear in the distance a fire alarm beginning to sound like an old, like somebody ringing a bell over and over again because it's old times and shit. You can see people peeping out of their windows at the fire that's growing and the smoke that's climbing toward the sky. Meryl, stomp the gas. We got to scram. I don't drive. Wait, who's driving now? Oh, oh sh- no, I got it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, you know, don't have a lot of experience with these jalopies, but I'll give the old college go. Okay, so Matt, roll your first aid skill. I got 65 out of 65. Okay, so, I uh, so Beth, you heal one HP. Yay. Yay. Still extremely blind. Yeah, I was just trying to stop her oozing eyeballs from going yes. down her face and bleeding still. Yeah, that's great. I probably like took off my socks and tore them and then, like stuffed them into her eye socket and, and then, and then wrapped it tight so that it stopped bleeding. They say that the other senses kind of catch up with you. And I, I got to say, I wish you would wash your feet more, but I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Why was Mar? Now here's the thing: Will smell go up now as a result? Will yes. hearing go up? Yes. If you want to, you you can you can roll advantage dice on anything that's not sight related. That's good because I feel like I have a pretty substantial disadvantage when it comes to <laughs> yeah. everything else. When it comes to anything visual, disadvantage. When it comes to anything, uh, or rather, bonus and penalty dice. No, you won't see. You logic. will probably take less insanity because yeah, yeah. you're yeah. probably going to be in a pretty good space to not lose your shit. Stan, I'm really sorry. If I had known what was going on in there, I wouldn't have ran. I'm really sorry. It's okay. Not everybody has to be brave and macho. It's okay to be sensitive sometimes. Like, my eyes hurt really bad right now, but I'm trying to put on a brave face. You have a brave face on right now, for sure. Thanks, buddy. Uh, stud, here, why don't you take a slug of this? And I hand him my hip flask. <laughs> you know, for, I, for your nerves. I'm holding my hand out in the middle of the air. Like, <laughs> I, can't. I put it in his hand. Is this, is this the water? Don't look back while driving. It's giggle water, pal. It's a belt of bourbon. I take a swig and I'm like, ah, <laughs> all right, never mind. You're wasting it. No, that's <laughs> all right. Where are you going now? Fellas, I feel like we need to get to hospital. We got to eat sausage. We got to go to the hospital. It feels like we should go to the hospital. We should go to the hospital. All right. So you go to the hospital. We need to get this man checked over. <laughs> this is dumb, but what was like health insurance like back? I have no idea. That's a good question. You're a man. You just walked in there and said, I'm a man. My eyes were hurt. And then, wait, 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 wait. Are you white? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We got we got production insurance. And, and just for this time, don't worry. I'm, I'll say you work for us, even though you don't, stud. So you show up at San Dimas Mercy Hospital, and it's a little cramped affair. It's all very uh, white and sterile. Uh, you get the feeling that since there's not too much that goes on here in San Dimas, there's not often too many people ending up in the emergency room. And you burst into the doctor's office, and you speak to the doctor. The first thing the doctor wants to know is, how did this happen? Well, I, um... Workplace accident. We were on yeah. set. Okay. Do you want to maybe charm him into looking the other way with your powers of acting, Meryl Streep? That's true, but uh, we do need him to look this way to help fix the problem, you know? <laughs> and we all I mean? just pull out cigarettes and we go, ah, you know, boys being boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. If you try to charm him with that, that's with advantage. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. Hey, Doc, you want a cig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, the doctor he's, comes he's in smoking. These calm my nerves perfectly. These are great, yeah. They lower stress, blood pressure. I do always do one before surgery. That was a real thing in a fucking commercial I back know. then. You know, I'm a construction worker, and that's how it happened. I was I was constructing things, and th th my eyes got deconstructed. All right, why don't you somebody roll something to try to convince them of this? <laughs> Ray, why don't you roll? I'll borrow Sally's lighter and I'll flick it on, and I'll uh, I'll light the doctor's cigarette. I'm like, hey, uh, pretty crazy out there. You know how it is, workplace accidents. Hi, my name is Meryl Streep, star of Stage and Screen. Doesn't ring a bell. Really. He's a doctor, man. He doesn't have time for it. He's a it. doctor. He's a boy like us. He knows how boys were just being well, boys. You know how, <laughs> well, as a fellow man, I'm sure you've seen this kind of stuff happen all the time. People coming in uh, completely blinded across both eyes. Not as much as you might think. Excuse me, good sir, but does it say somewhere in the Hippocratic Oath under do no harm? Fucking ask a bunch of bullshit questions before I help someone? And I slap him across the face. What? <laughs> <laughs> Roll brawl. I failed pretty bad. You try to slap him and he just catches your wrist and he goes, this is not my first time talking to a hysterical woman. <laughs> he goes, I have to ask these questions so I can provide the best kind of care and alert the police if necessary. It looks like you might have been in some sort of fight. There's there's bruising all around your eyes. Well, yeah, I'm um, another hysterical sir, woman. You know what I'm talking about? Sir, I'm, Those I'm, nails, they like cat, cat nails. Close. They're like cake nails? Cat. Oh, cat, cat. nails. <laughs> He's got a New York accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cat. Like the little, you know, the, the, the pussy cat. 
Sir, we work for Father's Own. I believe we sent He's a lot. Now of heard seven different <laughs> accounts. <laughs> We've had a lot of people come here because, as you know, our sets are not the safest. This is a construction worker. He fell off the top of it and, and hit his eyes on the way down. It's it's a horrible. He hit his <laughs> eyes on the <laughs> way down. Way yeah, down. it was a well, it was a very tall know, set. It was it was a multitude of things like death from a thousand cuts, except blindness, the eye death. All right, go ahead. From and, a thousand somebody, cuts. somebody roll something so I'm gonna have this guy like react. Matt. Do you have a good persuade? No, I have a horrible persuade, but I'm the one that was talking. Yeah, I, I failed. Okay. No, I don't need to persuade you. I got the money. I have the money, and you work and you work for me, and I'm going to pay you because it's your job, sir. So I don't know why I'm persuading you to do, to, to do your gosh darn job. So here's the money. He pulls out his hand. He says, this money is for the hospital. This money is for me to not say what I know has happened, which is right. there's been Wh- fighting. Which hand is he holding out? <laughs> Middle Street, give me. him some money. What? Me? I expect to be fully reimbursed for this, sir. Okay, so if you're going to bribe him, you have to reduce your credit rating by like five. Okay. Or ten. I will bribe him. I roll a 21, which is a hard success on my credit roll. Okay, so you only have to lose five of your credit rating for paying him off, essentially. Okay, so you pay him off, and it seems like you've probably bought his silence. And he goes like, sorry, but you're blind for good as far as I can tell. Bribe you for that? Yeah, Yeah, we know that. I've uh, uh, disinfected it. I uh, looked at it from several angles, and I didn't lobotomize you, Doc, so that's the uh, best you can hope for. <laughs> Doc, you got any... Uh, Pain medication? You got any glass eyes lying around? Perhaps we could give our good friend here the appearance of normalcy. Oh, I definitely have both painkillers and glass eyes, and it gives you both. Oh, man. Wait, can I hand him back the glass eyes? Can you put these in for us? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It feels very bad. Those injuries are pretty raw. So you basically have two glass eyes oh, that are God. now... Blood is running down the glass eyes... They're in your head. They don't look. I mean, they look like you have bad, this weird seems eyes. Seems like a bad doctor. <laughs> Guys, how do I look? He, he was willing to take a bribe to not tell me about it. This, this is the best in San Dimas. Forget it, Jake. It's San Dimas. <laughs> yeah. I pull out my movie star shades. How do and I, put how do them I over look? You. you look? You look great. You look like a star. Maybe I won't be able to see myself on the big screen someday, but oh other people God. still oh, will. No, all your dreams. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, stud, no. you know, you, you can sit this out if you if you want. No way, man. I'm in it for good. I'm going to bring back the magic in this pitch of town no matter what. I I would even lose another eye, except I don't have any more. I'm totally blind. Oh, man. What a bummer. I'm going to do a bummer roll. (laughs) I have to go to the little girl's room to deal with feminine things. Feminine things, the doctor says. You know they pee out of their vaginas. Guys, even in 2019, it is true. (laughs) (laughs) While they're all not listening to me, I sneak out and uh, go to a telephone. Operator. Operator, get me the Defender and put two fingers of bourbon in it and step on it. I put some stank on it. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly quicker than usual, you're connected with the Defender and you hear your editor go, What is it? Julian, holy crackers, is this story blown up hotter than a uh, tap dancer on Broadway uh, who has just had two fingers of bourbon. (laughs) Nice. You love that two fingers of bourbon idiom. Yes, I do. And uh, it would take an idiot to not realize that this is going to be a sensational story. Now, get this. We visited the director's home. It's covered in filth. It's covered with those sane ramblings of a delusional man. He wants to reshoot the entire finale of their most expensive picture. Oh, I mean, these Hollywood types can be a little bit unusual, but that sounds like a typical megalomaniacal bullshit. We also went to the editor's office, and the editor's completely lost her mind. She had some sort of horrific contraption on her face. Local stuntman, Stud Stampler. He went blind from getting his face sliced. It's been gore. It's been action. It's been viscera. Now, let me tell you something. I want my name front and center on the byline, and I want a picture on the lead of the paper. Uh, Above the fold. I'm telling you this, or I'm going to take it to the bugler. The bugler, not those pieces of shit at the bugler. Uh, You had me with the violence. I do like a good story of violence. Wait, 
What did you say? You said the editing bay? The editing bay. It's all up in flames. That's yeah, you, the fire is. That's the fire. We can have the first scoop on what really went down on that fire. Let all the other papers in town look like a bunch of blogey maronis. Stop the press. Stop the press. <laughs> you hear me, Al? Okay, literally stopping it. If you can get me a report on the fire at the editing bay and, and get me some more juicy shit, you get today's uh, front page, and if, if this story's as big as you say, maybe for the rest of the week, as long as you keep me fed. Hot diggity dog. All right, I'm going to get back to it. Nice slam the phone. Great. Hey, guys, uh, I also need to use the little girls. I, I need to use the phone. I'm sorry. I don't know why I lied. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Do you need help dialing? Um, well, it's no. the operator. Do you need help uh, picking up the phone? I need help just finding the phone at all. I'll, I'll bring you there. I'll bring you there. Stead. Oh, thank you. Operator. Uh, hi. Yes. Um, Stampler residence. I would like to speak to Willie. So uh, you get connected and you hear the voice of your young, what would you refer to him? Is he, do you think of him as your son or is he just your nephew? He's, he's my nephew that I've adopted. So yeah, I, I, think, I think he would think son. Okay. So you hear Willie's voice go, what? Hey, <laughs> hey Willie. Um, so I'm going to be home a little later. Um, I mean, I- Hangs up. <laughs> Man, hope he's not killing cats again. <laughs> Does he do that, stud? I mean- He's just a, ma- a man's man, I think is what you would call him. Oh, do you, do you own cats? I did. Not anymore. I, I did, yeah. You're not buying more cats, are you? No, no. Okay, good. I mean, I wouldn't be able to find them any- anyways. Guys, I got to tell you something. I-, I-, I saw this thing. When I got my eyes chopped up, it was the film role from uh, Double J's Abrams film. <laughs> he was talking all crazy after this sort of love scene where these these two people came and cuddled and they kissed. And he wanted it. He wanted something to- Something darker with the finale. He mentioned Tennessee. Tennessee is where is where the big oaks are. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, all well, I know. How about, did you How did you see this again? It's hard to describe, especially because I I don't really have a visual reference anymore. But it's like my soul. It's like my soul soul. My God, this story keeps getting stranger and stranger. Story. Also, I think I've got a lead on the uh, San Dimas cat strangler. <laughs> <laughs> Jotting this all furiously in my notebook. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to call off the record on that. <laughs> all right. So what would you all like to do next? I, I say we should probably figure out where in Tennessee he went. And maybe we could figure that out by asking, you know, at the train station. They said they were doing auditions at the observatory. So I'm keen on getting over there. It seems to me in terms of efficiency, it's better to take care of all of our Los Angeles stuff. than what if we go all the way out to Tennessee and they tell us, hey, why don't we, you know, you're going to have to go. No, back that's to a good the- idea. I, 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 again, I want to be home for dinner. If we got to go to Tennessee. We should wait for another time because, you know, I'm going to pop the question tonight. Maybe I'm not sure yet. But maybe I will, depending on what time we're done with this. I, I probably shouldn't do it tonight. think about speaking your piece and proposing marriage at a time like this? My God, this man's just had his eyeballs sliced out. We just saw, oh, I guess you didn't see it. But if you had seen what we'd seen in that room, you wouldn't have marriage on the mind anymore, Buster. I understand you're upset, but there's nothing more important than my marriage and, and my, my gal's out. But I understand. I'm just saying, no, you're right. I'm not going to do it tonight. Okay, well, keep me. us all posted on that. Yeah, okay. Fellas, I think we should head over to the observatory. There appears to be some kind of potential for lead roles and some sort of audition over there, and I'd like to see what that's all about. I'm going to drive this time. You you were a little erratic there. A little erratic, eh? Yeah, you were drinking while driving. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Speaking of which, Fair I, enough. Could I have another swig of that? Oh, yeah, knock yourself out. Well, I'm not going to knock myself out. That's what my brother Carl did. It is, Wait, it is good. You know, a burn, a burn of my soul. I don't know. There's something about it. Mm, I'm going to take that back and (laughs) screw it up and put it back in my pocket.
after a not inconsiderable drive, you make it to the Griffith Observatory. And inside, uh, there's what time some, is it? It's midnight, basically. So I missed the dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Did you think? Yeah. No, that's definitely not happening. Halfway, I stopped the car so I can go to a payphone okay. and tell her, hey, that dinner, don't worry about it. It wasn't going to be a special dinner or anything about that. Don't worry. You know, oh, was, that's yeah. too bad. What are you, what's going on? Uh, there's a big problem at work. We lost one of the directors. Oh, no. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but I'll, I'll be I'll be home to I mean, I'll bring breakfast. Okay, I love yeah. breakfast. How you feeling? Uh, I mean, I miss my my boyfriend. Oh, I miss you too. Did she almost say husband? I think she did. I hope those two crazy kids can make it work. <laughs> I love that uh, Stampler's in the car and can somehow hear. It's like Stampler, what's they, what are they saying, Stampler? <laughs> I can read lips. <laughs> I can hear right. lips. <laughs> so uh, you make it to the Griffith Observatory. At 35 miles an hour. Yeah, at a blistering <laughs> 35 miles an hour. I drive uh, five miles under the speed limit. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes twice as long. It is, it is, it is 1 a.m. But the lights are still on inside. You enter, and there's a hallway leading to the main observatory room. And in the hallway, you see a bunch, well, everybody except for Stud, <laughs> sees four actors holding these little tiny scripts. And uh, what you notice is that they all seem like they're missing some color, like they're a little bit desaturated, like their skin seems a little sallow, their clothes seem a little bit more sepia. And they're reading these scripts and you hear them all basically repeating the same thing over and over, like they're trying to go over their lines and they say, the oaks will burn bright, a weapon to end all wars. Let us embrace the random hand of fate in a firm handshake. The oaks will burn bright, a weapon to end all wars. Let us embrace the random hand of fate in a firm handshake. (laughs) And they're saying it over and over again. And as you get closer to the door leading to the main observatory room, you can see that one of these uh, actors throws down the script and just runs over to the door and just starts pounding on it and scratching at it with her fingernails and her fingernails are breaking off and blood is streaming down her fingers and she's going give me another chance I could do I could do it better just give me another chance please 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 I turn to address the group fellas lady I've seen this before actors are truly desperate sometimes and I found really the best way to get an audition is not to go in with the chattel as it were and find a way in on the side and have a word with the producer I mean, face also, to face. Isn't it odd they're doing auditions here at the Griffith At one in the morning? At one in the morning, yeah. You actors really you need to unionize. This is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I gotta say I wish them all the best because I know it's a hard position to be in. You know, just wanting something so bad, something so magical, but it just being right out of your grasp or maybe your sights. <sighs> so from inside, you can hear the voice of somebody say, I told you before, you've all given your best shot. You're not what we're looking for. We are heading out. Please leave or we will be forced to, uh, to, to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> please leave. Gentlemen, I'd like to propose that we come up with some ground rules because it seems to me that everything tonight has not exactly been on the beam. Seems like things are a little askew. Seems like maybe something strange is going down in San Dimas. So I think it would behoove us to exercise the utmost caution when approaching strangers, seeing as the last stranger we approached blinded our dear friend Stud. I tell you, it's Uh, as if everyone's been smoking that Bombay Bombalacha here. (laughs) So here's what I'm going to propose. I think we should circumnavigate these actors because they seem a little off kilter. And maybe we can uh, sort of figure out what's going on inside by entering another way. I that's agree. A, and we should not. That's a good idea. Sal- Sally loves reading the horror stories, that magazine. It's her favorite. I don't like the stories. It scares me at night, but it's, it's cute because then we cuddle. And, you know, it's just a good excuse for me to stay up late with her. But anyway, she loves those horror stories. Point being, we should not split up. They always die if they split up. Yes, that happened in the the screaming purple people of Doe-Eyed oh, Valley. Don't, don't even say that one. Don't even say that name to me. I don't like it. It's this too actually, spooky. The, this reminds me of the action in that one where the people seemed normal and then they flipped out. I think we should be careful. Yeah, let's go around. And I think I've heard the sides that they're saying. Uh, I'm going to give this a shot. Okay, so you head around to another uh, basically fire exit. It's out of view of the other actors, but it is locked. Oh, gentlemen, as a 
makeup artist, I've had to break into many a room, you know, when actors refuse to come out of their trailer, but you got to get them ready for the shot. It checks out, folks. Makes sense. I would like to go ahead and make a locksmithing roll on this door. Do it. No, I failed. Okay. I'll so, try. I have a, I, I, I'm not as good no, as locksmithing. No, it's too locks- late. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so you try to unlock the door, and, and maybe you would have succeeded, but you make a pretty loud deal of it. And just as you're about to try to open it, the door itself wrenches open from inside, and you see- um, I did it. <laughs> oh, good job. Uh, I feel like uh, one or two of you probably recognize that. Yeah, this is the casting director's assistant. And she goes, as she's opening the door, she says, for the last time, we're not. And then sees you, uh, Meryl, and goes like, oh, that's depressing. Step aside. Uh, my uh, agent sent me along here, and they said you folks were uh, recasting. So, You're wasting uh, your time. The casting director already left. They're going to go film the last scene. He's already heading to the station. The midnight train going anywhere. No, it's going to a specific place. If you want to read, you can, but you're, you're really going to have to impress me. For no, you, for we're not here to read. We, we need to find Double J. I am here to read. <laughs> All right. I feel like you took aggro point on that, so she'll probably <laughs> listen to you first. <clears throat> she says, so you're going to read along with some film we've got. She points behind her, and there's basically a camera that's sort of hooked up to like a telescope, and like the telescope is like, it's taking like moonlight and starlight in. It's pushing that through some weird makeshift camera, and that's the light that's projecting the film or whatever. And she goes... All you got to do is you go up to that camera and you put your eye up to the lens and then just deliver the line. And if you what if I just deliver it right here, that's not acceptable. That's uh, the director's looking for somebody that can really connect with the truth behind the film, with what the film is trying to say. And if you can't physically connect with it, then I just don't think you have the. Excuse me. uh, What was the film trying to say? It's a little heady, but we feel like audiences are definitely going to be ready for it. It's about the randomness of the world, about how how chaotic things are and how that chaos is in its own way, beautiful and terrible at the same time. Boy, do I know it. Guys, quick huddle, uh, Meryl, if you want. We should come up with a name for a huddle like a this. A crew? A crew, crew huddle. Crew, crew huddle. Crew, crew huddle. huddle. Hey, uh, after you guys told me what happened in the editing room, I, I like you said, I think everything's askew. Meryl, I would not put your eyes. I, I think if you put your eyes in that telescope, you're going to end up a lot oh, like stud. I'll put my eyes exactly. in Exactly. I was going to say, he uh, stud there can't see. Maybe let him. You're telling me I'm supposed to go up against. Meryl, mm. start. this isn't a performance. You're not going to get a part. What do you mean? Look at those actors outside. Yeah, use a, a bunch of losers. Eyeballs. A bunch of losers. They're clawing. Did you know what? I think given how kooky things have gone tonight, the fact that we saw an actress outside scraping her dang fingernails off trying to get into this audition makes me think, what if they saw... Okay, okay. You haven't seen a lot of actresses in auditions. I have a theory of the case I'd like to put forward to you gentlemen. I think whatever they saw looking through that thing made them go bananas the way that Gertrude went bananas. Exactly. I think there's something about this film that affects your mind, like a real stinker, like a real B-floppo, like Cat People. You ever see Cat People? I went out of that movie Matter in a Hornet's Nest. I think it's like that, but maybe 10,000 times worse. Stampler, you can go after me. I'm going to march up to the thing. But full knowledge of what's going on, I'm just going to close my one eye. I'm not actually looking through it. Okay. And so I pretend to look through it and like, ah, okay. Well, as you put your eye up to it, you can feel your eyelid being like pried open by like some force from within it, like the dust and the hair and shit on the oh, film. You can feel like God. God. you can't outthink Cthulhu creatures, ready? <laughs> it's like fucking, you feel one of the like bits of hair like grab your fucking lower no. eyelid and just stretch it downward and grabs the other one, stretches it upward. And you can feel the sharp tendrils just like hook themselves into your left eye and just keep you there. And you are stuck to the But to all of us, it looks like Meryl's just acting really, really hard, right? right? Yeah. You see a scene that they presumably filmed a little bit earlier. And it's got the female lead. She's delivering a monologue. And the words and stuff are are fine. It's nothing you haven't heard before. But something about the way that she delivers it. Something about the way that it's shot. Something about the effect of being this close to the film 
this is the single best thing you've ever seen on celluloid. It is so good that tears begin to stream down from your other eye. So why don't you roll a sanity check? That's a 25, and that's a save on that. Okay, so you only take a D4 of sanity damage. Three damage. So he's seeing this movie. It's hooked up to a telescope pointing to the stars, Yeah, basically there is a film camera set up such that it is connected to a telescope at the Griffith Observatory, and it's pulling in starlight and moonlight and using that to shoot that starlight and moonlight through the film out out of the lens, essentially. So I saw a really good movie. So you saw a really, really good movie. And more than that, you can feel the movie entering you. And you guys see as he's looking into it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Who is May? I'm sorry. <laughs> you can see Meryl Streep is beginning to go monochrome. Like all of the color is beginning to disappear. It'll and help me becoming, get some roles in this town, eh? <laughs> becoming essentially a black and white character. Um, do you keep looking? No. I'm still trying to get the part. Okay. Well, then, yeah, deliver the line. So do I pull myself away from it? No, you can't. I mean, oh. if you're going to try to pull yourself away, it'll be a strength check because it's like hooked into your eye. Let's not lose more eyes. <laughs> if you allow yourself to just keep looking at it, then you'll have to basically do another sanity check, but you can deliver your line. Okay. Do you want this roll or do you want this roll? I want this roll. Okay. Then give me another sanity check with disadvantage. Ooh, that's a 73. So I'm, I've already not done it. So we're going to take 2d4 of, of sanity. That's five. Yay! Okay, so now we get to do some (laughs) fucked up shit. Okay, because you took five sanity damage in one go, first you do an intelligence roll, and you want to fail this roll. Oh, because you want to not understand what you're saying? Yes, (laughs) exactly. I have 45 intelligence, and I rolled a 46. You barely succeeded. The chaos and entropy of human existence of the universe and all of its randomness tries to seep its way into your brain, but you're too fucking egocentric and stupid (laughs) to see anything other than yourself. You see yourself at the center of the fucking universe, so it has very little effect on you other than really fucking up your sanity. So go ahead and deliver the line if you want. The Oaks will burn. Right? A weapon to end all wars. Metal Gear. <laughs> this is a, that's an ad lib. That's an actor. <laughs> wow, man, he's really off the cuff. Let us embrace the random <laughs> hand of fate in a firm handshake. You feel the lens let go of you. And Cthulhu from the depths goes like, that sucked. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the casting director looks at you and goes like, that was... Uh... Wait, do you want... Should he roll for acting for how good do, the acting I mean, do you, was? Do you have a... Art and craft, acting. I okay, have yeah, a go ahead and make a roll for that. I make a great success on that. 23. Do you really? Yeah. So you hear... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and you turn around and the casting assistant is going, you know, a lot of people come in here. They say the words on the page, but you, you felt them. I told you this was about randomness and you randomly gave different emphasis to every single <laughs> fucking word. And you pulled in some nonsense about Metal Gear. I don't even know what that means. And I like it. That means it's a smart film. That means it was it's a, a solid bug. performance. Yeah, <laughs> I was hideously impressed. Oh, by oh, I think you've got the role. <laughs> Why? Of course. Of course I got the role. Well, what did you expect? Well, frankly, not that. So everybody else, as they look at you, they can see that you are monochrome, which means that you get an additional 
five points in your Cthulhu Mythos skill, which means that your maximum sanity also lowers by five. The casting assistant says, so what I need to do is hurry to the train station. So I've got these, and she pulls out some tickets for coach for the train to Tennessee. That's where we're shooting the climax. That's where we need you. Ooh, look at this, boys and girl. <laughs> quick uh, quick question. What, what, was, what was your name again? Robert, ni- nice to meet you. I put my hand out. <laughs> Slip me five, Jack. Yeah. She goes, uh, Carrie Fisher, pleased to meet you. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> um, just a quick question. How come you uh, haven't informed the production company about uh, all, all this? Oh, uh, the director, you know, you know, Mr. Abram, because he likes to be very, very cinema verite, very sort of by the seat of his pants. And we just don't want a lot of bureaucracy involved in this. So if you could maybe be fucking cool about it. <laughs> hey, Miss Fisher, uh, I was wondering if you guys need an understudy. See, I come from the stage, and I, while I haven't been an actor per se, I've been a lot of understudies, and I'm really great at it. I, I can I can memorize lines. I can, I can uh, move real fast on the stage, and then I can even bow sometimes. That's right. Stampler, here's my understudy. This is my makeup girl, and this is my PA, my production lackey. Uh, I'm a line so producer. So I'm going to need uh, tickets for all of us. Uh, okay, okay. And she produces tickets for all of you. <laughs> you boys catch up. I'll, uh, I'll be right there with you. More. Feminine needs. Yeah, I, I just you know, there's, there's, yes, exactly. Ah, after they leave, I turn to the casting director. All right, lady, listen up. Can I roll to overhear this? Yeah, you roll listen and you roll with advantage. Okay. I have a high listen because good acting is good listening. God <laughs> Almighty. I pass. I Great. Okay, so whatever this is, you hear it. Okay. Stud, you are set up outside the door, listening in. Yes. I think Rob and I are just uh, hanging out outside and smoking. Okay. So you're by the fire escape too, or you're by the car? Probably closer to the car. Okay. Okay, lady, listen up. My name ain't Sally Stipe, makeup girl. It's Russet, Hildy Russet. And I work for the San Dimas Defender. And I'm chasing down the story of the century. Now I'm wondering if I could get any quotes from you, either on background or in person, about this project. Oh, and she goes, ooh, that won't do. That won't do. Uh, Mr. Abrams insists on complete confidentiality until the film hits the streets. So I'm afraid not. And she, she begins to wipe the back of her forehead with the back of her hand. And as she does, you can see that the color that you saw on her skin is, in fact, makeup. And it's coming off as she rubs the back of her head. And she is fully monochrome as she begins to sort of wipe the Jumping makeup away. Jehoshaphat, do you know you're black and white? And she goes, oh, yes, yes. She wraps her hands around your throat and she says, this interview is going to have to be over. And she starts to strangle you. Guys, guys, Hildy needs our help. Who's, Who's Hildy? Hildy? Uh, well, it's actually kind of a long story and I'm, I feel kind of betrayed by it, to be honest. But it's... it's, it's <laughs> It's, it's Sally. Sally needs our help. So Sally, uh, roll a D100 for strength. See if you can get out of her grip. Oh, wait. I can do my cool thing. Because uh, you can pick hobbies. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hildy's hobby. Is getting choked consensually. <laughs> <laughs> Hildy's hobby is judo. Yes. Her father was a police officer and said that a, a young woman needs to learn how to look out for herself in the big city. Great. So can I make a judo roll? Go ahead. Fuck yeah. So I have a 71 in judo. I rolled a 27. Woo! Holy shit. Okay. So you hard success. So you just fucking describe what you do. I go, hey, and I <laughs> flip the casting lady over on her back and I give her a judo chop to the neck. Great. So you break out of the grip successfully. And as she's on the ground, she grabs the sides of her mouth and just starts pulling as hard as she can. She does the joker. She does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Yeah, and it's great, and for some reason, critics love it. (laughs) So she starts pulling, and her skin begins to tear around her mouth, and more of that black blood that you saw coming out of the editor comes out. She screams like, Actors! Bring me this woman and all of you get a starring role. The actors who are in the other, on the other uh, entrance kick the fucking door in, and four of them see you, 
and they look down at her and they look up at you and they just start sprinting at you. What do you do? Okay, do I have enough time to snap a quick photo before I sprint? If you do... Can I make a photography roll to see if I can do it quick enough? They'll make a speed roll and if you take a picture, they will get an advantage on their speed roll to catch you. The photography roll is just for the quality of the picture. Do it when you get in the car. Get in the car and then take a picture. I got the great shot of her in front of the thing. This is where the picture is. All right, I'm dedicated to the story. I'm going to go for it. All right, go for it. Hell yeah. Shit, I failed. Terrible picture. So so you take a D8. Wait, can I spend luck? Yes, you can. Oh, I forgot about luck. So the way the luck works is you can spend luck in order to improve any dice roll. But that means if I ever ask you to uh, make a luck roll, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to pass it the more luck that you use on other rolls. I have 75 luck, so I'm going to spend, I guess, 17 luck okay. uh, to click the shot. To get a regular ass photo. <laughs> to get a normal photo of a crazy fucking scene. Okay, so you got the photo, and because you succeeded on your photography roll, that means you don't have to take the full sanity damage. You only take a D4 of sanity damage, and I'm just going to roll for you because I have a D4. You take three sanity damage. Okay. So the cultists are going to roll with advantage to try to get to you. So you're going to roll your dodge, and they're going to roll their dexterity. Oh, five. Five. Oh, you got an extreme success, you lucky piece of shit. They got a hard success, and I was so ready for you to get fucked. But no, <laughs> you barely managed to start running. Woo! I'm outside, but I'm going to hold the door open, hearing the like gate that Sally has compared to the... Um... Oh, shit. That's great. So you make it through the exit. Shut the door! Because I see uh, Stud next to the door. So Stud, why don't you make a strength check? Okay. Nice, 22. I'm, 22, I'm okay. So you manage to slam the door shut just as Hildy manages to make it through. You slam the door, and the cultists all collide with the door, which buys you another moment, essentially, to start running. So, Robert, honk the horn. <laughs> I'm going to grab a uh, Oh, stud. that works better. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, going to yeah. use the horn to, like, find the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So you're running to the car. They bust the door open, but now there are two locations behind you. I'm going to hold the door open for these guys, and then uh, I feel like, start the yeah. car, start the car. Yeah. Hurry up, guys. And we all hop in and speed off. So you drive away and you see the cultists receding gonna, into the I, distance. I'm going to snap one more photo as the chase in the car. Okay, go ahead. And this is going to be at the end of the whole show. It's going to be like, the lens cap was on. <laughs> I'm terrible. It's a shitty photo. Hey, hey, I couldn't help but stutter. How come you call it Sally there, Hildy? Yeah. How come, Sally? I mean, Hildy. Oh boy! Well, just to clarify, guys, I I, I called uh, Sally that because I heard that her name was Hildy. But I'm asking right now why her name is Hildy. Hildy. All right, boys, settle down. I've got a story to tell you. Time when you could read between the lines You know they never brought you down There wasn't a box and you weren't thinking anyway So you never brought you down And I know, I know, I know It's gonna be alright You've just heard chapter one at the Mountains of Dadness, casting call of Cthulhu. Matt Arnold played Robert Wilson, Will Campos played Hildy Russet, Beth May played Stud Stampler, and Freddie Wong played Meryl Streep. 
Anthony Birch is our DM. Theme music by Maxton Waller with Wes Smith on clarinet, tenor, and baritone sax. Cameron Johnson on trumpet. Justin Kirk on trombone. Eric Sittner on upright bass. And Charles Ruggiero on drums. Song was recorded by Eric Sampson and Wildflower Recorders. And a special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters for making this possible. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Tell them how it's going to be. Let me tell you something. If this piece of shit blue planet, if this thing ever hits theaters, it's gonna be the worst disaster since the Titanic. In fact, I feel like I should go out to the fucking Atlantic Ocean and toss it into the ocean to be with the ruins of the Titanic because that's how bad this goddamn script is. And Arl Stein calls over his assistant and hands the script to him and says like, hey, you heard what I said. If they're not back in time, I want you to take this out to the ruins of the Titanic, put it in a, in a waterproof bag and then throw it over the, over the side of the boat to be with the ruins of the Titanic. Dungeons and Dads is brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect? Or are we? Or are we? Aura. We Aura. Aura Frames. Aura Frames. If you've got pictures of seals, I know where you should go. Crank them onto your Aura Frames and give it to your mom. There's a big scroll that you're like, I got to take a picture of that. Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. You can put pictures of seals on there if you want. You can put pictures of Seal, the singer, on there if you want. They allow you to share display. You can put other, like, gross stuff on them for your goon room. It's true. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload Make and share a goon photos. room your mom's comfortable walking into. <laughs> <laughs> Via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame. Listen to this, Anthony, with preloaded photos and memories. There we Dude, go. Dude, I Meta preloaded gooning. my Aura frame with pictures of Pitbull and Pitbulls. So sometimes I get Mr. Worldwide and sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> No matter just, what, you win. I'm just being silly. I have great photos on my Aura frames, and I love it. So it's a there. great Mother's Day gift this year, Beth. You could give mom. I already did. I did it for last month. Yeah, I got one for my mom, too. You moms fucking love moms it. Love moms love this shit. Listen to me for Aura. From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an Aura frame. That's like frame. a goon room that- for a mom is just supposed to be Name the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and select it. Go as in one there of- and you see how long you can go without calling your kids. <laughs> <laughs> and select it as one of Oprah's favorite things. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use the code DUNGEONS at checkout for your mom to save. Terms and conditions apply. Dungeons and Dice is brought to you this week by Haya. Oh, wow. I did not realize I was surrounded by some black belts in karate. It's not martial art, Beth. 
It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Most of the time when we talk about children's vitamins, it's just candy. It's just gummy bears. I don't tell oh. my mom. That was my whole trick as a little kid. Was it? Yeah, I'd be like, mm, I'm, I want some vitamins, mom. But really, I just wanted that sweet, sugary goodness. Oh, Most I thought you were going to say you replaced your vitamins with gummy bears. Because that would be that a, move. Been a smarter move. I could have done that. Well, you might as oh, well, wow. because most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and contribute to Disgusting. a of health issues. Ew, gross. Haya fills the common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins Ooh. and minerals, including vitamin D, B12. 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 That one came out weird. It was Presley here for vitamin B12. Vitamin D. B12. That's why this is called higher. Oh, we're going to folate. Vitamin C. <laughs> it's vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, non-GMO, everything else. Would you imagine. say that this product is a hunk of hunk of burden love? It's designed for kids two and up and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. They taste good even though I don't take I don't take them. Oh, my pills, <laughs> my gummies. <laughs> they also have a new kids probiotic and nighttime essentials. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling yeah. children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash daddies. This deal is not available on their regular website. This is a special Secret URL. You understand? Deal. Deal website. One for the money and two for the great vitamins you're getting. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H HayaHealth.com slash daddies and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 